Blog Talk Radio. You know, I bet you thought that I was going to stay in New York City forever and I was never going to come back on the radio. Oh, wait, that was just my delusional dream that I had last week. Hey, folks, I'm back on air. Obviously, of course, we all know why I wasn't on air. I was running around like a chicken with my head off, being my little Carrie Bradshaw-like self last week over in New York City. I had a great time. I just want to really quickly say before I get Sharon onto the line, thanks so much to so many people I can't even mention them. Um, Kelly Caravitas, Eva Austin, Rachel Kadushin, um, Laura Badish, um, I'm forgetting someone, I'm forgetting like 50 people, I'm so sorry, those are just people off the top of my head, thank you for making my trip a wonderful experience, thanks for taking me places, showing me new things, setting up live events, I, I just, I don't even know where to go with all of this, there's so much to talk about, anyways, I had a great time in New York City, I'm back doing one of my 57 jobs, which is being on the radio, I am, uh, I'm just in awe of the person about to come on my show, uh, Sharon Melton is her name, you're going to find out why in approximately 60 seconds, want to just remind everybody real quickly, I have shows every day, this week, as a matter of fact, obviously Sharon is today. Tomorrow at four thirty, we are showcasing. I, I'm so excited, I can't even tell you. Most of you may recognize Raheem Brock for being with the uh, Indianapolis Colts because he got a Super Bowl win through them and then moved on to the Seattle Seahawks. Going in a very new and different direction and very exciting direction, I might add, which is he is an actor now. He's going to be doing a production on uh, May 20th of a play in New York City. We're going to be covering that tomorrow, and that's at four thirty. Thursday is going to be an independent film director. And then, of course, on Friday, we round the show out with Sue Phillips. In case those of you are on my Facebook page, you already know that Sue Phillips is with Fantastics, or I should say, uh, I don't even know what word to best describe. Wait till Friday and you'll hear all about it. She not only has talked me into doing a line called Fin Chanel, but she's also going to be uh, utilizing and helping me set up a fragrance bar at my film festival in July um, 2017. So, Enough babbling about me. Let's go on and talk about Sharon because she's a little more important than I am and she's more beautiful than I am and talented and you name it. So without further ado, let's get her on the line and start talking. Sharon? Hey there. Good afternoon. It's Ron here. I'm doing well. Were you listening to me babble on and on and on and on about that stuff? (laughs) Girl, it was fabulous babble. There's nothing wrong with babble. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you know, you have to talk about all the stuff. You know, when I'm, when I'm off air for a week, I have to get everybody, like, up and caught up, and here's the business of the business, and check out the show page exactly. and do this, and I got back from New York, and so it's so much. And then um, uh, Rainy came to me, and she's like, you have to interview Sharon, and then I go through and I research you, and my jaw dropped, and I can't talk now because you've done everything <laughs> under the sun, and you're incredible. So I'm like, there you go. We've done the interview. She's incredible. She's fabulous. Look her up. I'm kidding, folks. I'm like, Bye, oh, my God, girl. No. <laughs> you're like, I'm no. Fire, and you're so pretty. Have you looked at yourself? Oh. Well, duh, of course you have. Right? You're gorgeous. I, no, no. you got to look at her. No, you are so kind. Gorgeous. You're so kind. No, no, no I'm just, so honest. I'm very DNA. real. No, Siri showed up. <laughs> Listen to her. She didn't. No, I, okay, I first off have to tell you this, because obviously you have, I'm not going to lie to you, you, to me, have a face for television. I'm sure you've heard that before, obviously, which I'm guessing is part of the reason why you choose to do some of the stuff you do. Do you hear that before? Because you have, you have both the persona and the presence of someone who you expect to be on television on a regular basis. Make sense? It, it does, and I appreciate that. And I actually was on television for a, a time right. period because I you think of the right. news, and you'll explain that to everybody else too. So, but thank you, you. I appreciate Absolutely. that. 
No, definitely, without a doubt, clearly. I mean, you know, one of the first things that I've noticed is either you're a person who's a writer who starts off being a writer and a journalist and then verges on to, like, TV, film, et cetera, or some of us like me, I'm a writer who doesn't want to be on television and I don't like anyone seeing me, which is why I do blog truck radio, see, because then I can be a pajamas <laughs> and you people don't know what I look like. Unlike this beautiful woman on the other end that's always in a stylish dress with a stylish presence about her because it's so true. You do, actually. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, with uh, – I wasn't sure how comfortable you were with talking about television, obviously, of course, because you have a different oh, number of different Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I want to make sure that I don't want to overstep any boundaries, certainly. One of the things I really like to ask people that come on my show about doing television is I, I work with a lot of people that are on the film side of things, and I interview people that are on TV, and hands down, it seems like most seem to prefer film over TV. So my question to you is, talk to us a little bit about um, some of your time being on a TV station, or with a TV station, I should say. What are the bonuses to doing TV? Because it almost sounds like a lot of my friends are kind of avoiding the television circle, so to speak. Really? Okay. Because just mm-hmm. a little bit of background for those who don't know me. I mean, I was in television for, I'm going to just say it, about 20 years or so, um, right. starting off when I was in college. So for me, I mean, television just became a part of my life in the news area because I enjoyed finding out about people and getting to disseminate that information to others and just share people's mm-hmm. stories because that's what you do sure. in television news. Uh, the plus and bonus for me is that being in television news on that side, you had a chance to be up close with people, learn about them, and let people know about it on a daily basis. Uh, and, the, right. and the plus is also, yeah, it's a, it's a steady job too. <laughs> Monday through Friday <laughs> while was in film. It's film is fabulous. I haven't had a chance to do that, but I've had friends who have. But, yeah, you get a, a sure. Monday through Friday, and it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it can be very hectic. I mean, you're working on holidays and weekends. When your friends are out having a good time, you're still working. But the joy right. of it is just being able to, as a storyteller that I am and I'm proud of, is being able to tell people stories. And that was always okay. a blessing for me, and I enjoyed that. Absolutely. Now, I'm, I was a little trigger afraid to, to mention this, or I should say ask you about this, but you're the perfect person to tip the brain of, only because of the fact with living in 2017 in the world we're in right now, there's a lot of talk and discussion, of course, about fake news and fake media, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm just, I want to just kind of tap into your brain a little bit and get your thoughts about that, because obviously, you know, there are things that circulate all around. People have different opinions about news networks and fabrication of news. Talk to us a little bit about your stance on that, meaning obviously you're more in that realm than some of us who have not been on a TV station, see how the news gets produced, et cetera. Is there some legitimacy that say, for instance, obviously, of course, our president has mentioned these things, and, and without getting too political, if you just want to share your viewpoint, where you stand on that, that would be great. From a news perspective, I think there are a yeah. lot of amazing journalists out there who try very hard on a daily basis to get both sides of a story and mm-hmm. they have worked their butts off all of the time to try to disseminate information as accurate as possible. Now on the flip mm-hmm. side, there are some people out there, some maybe journalists, some maybe just people trying to get information and, and throw out whatever they can and just giving opinions. There's that side too. So mm-hmm. I think when people think of the word fake news, I think it should be the responsibility of every individual to try to find information from different sources, not just one. Because And look right. at both sides of everything. You may be one political side or the other, which is perfectly fine. Everyone's entitled to that. 
but I think you need to absorb as much information, whether it's from broadcast news, whether it's from newspapers, magazines, online, get as much information as possible from all sides as an individual before making an opinion on something because there is, there is great news gathering out there. There still is. And I see friends who do it. Now, when it comes to the news industry itself, there have been changes. There, is a lot of, there are a lot of people out there who consider news to be more infotainment or entertainment as opposed to informational. And some outlets may do that. But I think it's the responsibility right. of every individual to look at all different outlets before making opinions on everything. Once you educate yourself and listen to different news organizations, I think you can help create your own opinions about things. But you have to be able to open yourself up to more than just one outlet of information before deciding, hey, that's fake news or hey, that's not. Oh, no, agreed 150% definitely, and and that's a great way to explain it, as a matter of fact, because there's a lot of debate that goes on, and I don't know what it's like in your circle, but I just it's become very heated and very difficult to try to have a very sane, rational conversation about those things. Um, and it's obviously, become course, very nasty, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree yeah, with you on thank that you. completely. It has become <laughs> nasty, and it's awful, it and that's it's, another reason yep. why I started my podcast, because I get so- sick and tired of people being so mean to each other on social media. I'm right. seeing families and friends who don't talk to each other just because they I have know. differing opinions. And I'm like, guys, you, you have known each other forever. Why are you going this route just because you have a differing opinion? It's great to have different right. opinions. It's wonderful because we learn from each other that way. But you shouldn't ostracize somebody because of, of the negativity and a difference. Oh, I agree. I agree 150% actually. And it is saddening. I mean, it's difficult. I have children and, and, and they're growing up in a world and a society where they're starting to see discrimination. They're starting to see hatred. They're starting to see all these the ugly parts of, of the world. And, and it saddens me a great deal actually. So I'd like to have very logical, intelligent conversations about these things with people that know what they're talking about and they kind of leave the judgment to the door. But it's a great, that's a great introspect on that. So thank you so much. Um, well, I made a lot of things that you've done um, because you've done so many things. One of the things that I thought was neat was that you've you've been a teacher, I should say, an instructor before, um, and I could see mm-hmm. where you would be amazingly intriguing with that. I just taught myself last week, and I find it very I find it very heart fulfilling, so to speak. So, talk to me a little bit about your experiences in teaching. What makes you want to be in front of others and instruct them? And tell me some of the things that you feel that you're best suited to teach. As a person, not as a professional, well, uh, I understand. <laughs> well, um, I've had a chance in my career uh, for television. I had a chance. Of course, you have to move around as you, you move up through the industry. And oh, one sure. opportunity that I had was I was working in Mobile, Alabama as the 5 p.m. anchor and the local university there also wanted to include an instructor who was in television to help the students understand a little bit more from the broadcasting side, those who wanted to go into it, what it was really going to be about. So I was going to be an instructor in fundamentals of broadcast television. And so that's what I did for a couple of years. And the reason why I decided to do that, because I didn't have to, I was having to get get up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning to teach an 8, 9 o'clock class, which right there, anyone who goes to college, you don't want to go to an 8 or 9 o'clock class, you're going to be half asleep anyway. (laughs) So my job was to make sure that they stayed awake (laughs) first and foremost. But I also wanted to give them the real-world experience of what it was going to be like in television. If you really wanted to go into this industry, that you're not going to start off with the the $1 million coming straight out of college. You're going to have to work hard for this. You're going to have to be doing everything in some cases where you would have to be writing your own stories, 
going out and shooting your own video, maybe editing your own video, and and being in small television stations that you're like, there's no one here, but you learn everything. So I wanted to be one of those people who, who you know, just – laid out a little bit of a foundation for some of the kids who were going to be going into that particular arena, just so they had a little bit of awareness, because I always think it's, it's important for all of us to give back in some way, shape, or form. And if we can give our knowledge, knowledge that we wish we may have received or we did receive from other people, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to pass it along to the next generation. And that's what the teaching Great. aspect gave to me, to be able to pass that along to whomever was going to be following in my footsteps or someone else's footsteps. Oh, you betcha. Absolutely. On that same caveat, as a matter of fact, it just uh, it threw another question into my head because I just had the same kind of thing. So we'll see your, your thoughts on this. If okay. you have somebody who's listening, let's say, for instance, I have a listener in my audience today that's listening or somebody that you would be teaching in front of and they, they ask you this question. We live in a world nowadays where TV has kind of expanded out to other worlds, meaning like Sling TV, we live in a world of Netflix and all those other new platforms that they have for television and otherwise. So if you're a young, blossoming individual listening in and you're thinking to yourself, hey, maybe this is something I would want to do, what would you say to them in terms of do you think that it might be either either a little easier nowadays because there's more platforms or do you think it's more difficult because there's more people competing even with more venues? I think it's both, but I think it it may be harder because there are so many people who are becoming their own journalists with their own social medias, their own blogs, with their own um, YouTube channels, all of that, trying to, to get your message or your stories across may be more difficult, but I think it's a great opportunity because you can define yourself in your own way in ways I couldn't do even starting in this industry. And we didn't have the, the well, of course, we had Internet access. Yes, definitely. But YouTube and, and the blogging capabilities, that is amazing to me. You, you get to an audience a lot quicker and a lot larger than even some small stations, medium-sized, even large stations get access to. So it's almost as if you can create your own journey in this industry in a way that was never possible before. So I think you can, you can do whatever you want in, in television or broadcasting or social media or just going online because a lot of it, I think, journalism-wise, you have to be more world-savvy than ever before because – you put something out online, anyone and everyone can see it and can read it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be mm-hmm. conscious of that. But also your audience can be so much larger and you can make a bigger impact that way, which I think is a plus for any journalist or anyone who wants to be a writer or go into the industry, which I think is great. Oh, definitely, without a doubt, actually. And I always want to tip and ask this obvious question because clearly uh, you and I, I think, are both quite in tune with all of the different mediums that are out there in terms of news and otherwise. Um are there any news mediums out there that you necessarily look at and you're like, like, for instance, I'm on a big kick with TMZ. I don't really consider TMZ to be newsworthy, let's say, or someone that's reputable, et cetera. But there are some people that swear by mediums like that, and they're like, you know what, there's a purpose for them. So I just want to get your take on, on those types of things. Would you call that newsworthy or even like a Live with Kelly kind of show? I realize these are entertainment-based, but some of them do claim, obviously, to, to produce material that's newsworthy. Would you concur with that? Um, would you call it traditional broadcasting or newsworthy broadcasting? Maybe not necessarily, but I'm going to admit, I watch both of those shows. And I also watch Eve. I do. And this is the reason why, because you have an entire generation that lives, eats, and breathes those shows. So they are having an impact on people. And you, can, and you know as well as I do, there have been times TMZ has come up with a story that regular broadcast news has not. 
until later. Sure. So I think right. we still need to be aware of them because they, they do find out things. Um, but, mm-hmm. of course, it's always a plus to find, as all journalists have learned, you have to find other sources to make sure it's credible before you right. go live with it. So while I will watch evening news all of the time, while I will watch Vice News on HBO because it's amazing, the worldwide view they give that, I will also watch TNZ. I will also watch Kelly. I will watch those because I want to know what other people are watching and what other people are thinking. Because if somebody – that's the only information they're getting – some people only get their information from late night talk shows because they bring in some I know. good stuff. <laughs> so they do. It's, it's just, and they do. See, you're laughing. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I do. <laughs> when I realize that, <laughs> when I realize that some people, that's the only way they're getting their information in order to learn about those people mm-hmm. who you're going to try to disseminate information to. You need to learn the mediums that they're watching, so you can speak to oh, them in their own language. So yeah, they are serving a purpose. You may not like it, but you can learn from it. Oh, exactly. I agree with you. Now, I want to ask this other question before we move on to another portion of your career, which is this. Again, and I have to go back to basics here, I've noticed this has been happening for years, at least in my realm. I notice that people will pick up something, whether it's on the Internet or information they read in a newspaper, magazine, et cetera, and sometimes they still question the validity of that. Do you think that uh, – could you give some advice to people? Like I see people all the time that are sharing articles and stories and such, but they're always questioning the truth, the legitimacy or the, the actual level of truth to that particular source or statement. So if somebody's questioning the legitimacy of something that's put in print, what would you advise them to do? How, how would they get to the bottom of that if they're not a regular so-called journalist like you or I? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, the thing is – we can all be our own little advocate journalists by going online and try to find another source to back that up. Um, and I, I've done that all the time. I have friends who do that all the time. We have, everyone has access now to the Internet, but you have to be cautious about that because not everything mm-hmm. on there is the truth. So you have to be <laughs> diligent in your own way. There are some people who are, I'm gonna admit, are kind of lazy and just want to get one source, and that's it. And I mentioned this right. before. But we mm-hmm. all have to be open and aware to everything that comes our way. You open up a magazine and you're reading something. Oh, okay, well, that's not how I feel about it. Let me see if I can confirm that with somebody else. Or maybe I don't have time to do it, so people are like, okay, I'm just going to take this for, for what it is and move on. So I know it's hard for people because they're like, well, that's not true. That can't be true. How can they say that, blah, blah, blah. Find your own resources to, to, to try to – to find out if it is true or not. It, it may be difficult, it may be hard, but it's okay to question something. There's nothing wrong with that. We ha- all have our opinions. And I fear those who don't question things because if, if you don't and you just take the, every single thing that comes your way as fact, then that's where problems start to come. And that oh, concerns I, me a little bit more. I agree with you 100% actually. Have you ever found yourself in situations where you've had to cover something that was either very racy or controversial? I'm just curious how you handled that because I've had a few of those. and It's a little uncomfortable, but I like controversy. I kind of take it with the bulls on my head and be like, yeah, okay. The more racy it is, I tend to gravitate towards it. But you might be different. Have you been in those situations in the past? Oh, uh, yeah, stuff I can't talk about. But, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, no, but um, I won't push you. No, 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 I don't, no, no, I don't no, want to no, do no, that. No, it's not bad. Oh, please, it's fine. I mean, I have been... Some have been funny, some have been scary, some have been like, you know, arriving in a situation where in people see as they go onto either my Facebook page or my website or go to, to my show, 
Um, I am African-American, and there have been situations where people have not been necessarily so nice to me, depending on the situation, who were racist comments had been thrown my way. It happens. You move on. You, you can't sure. take it personally. You move on. I've been in funny situations where um, I had to report on a story once when I was working in Miami, and there's a, a particular beach there where, you know, very people were very few people wear any clothes, if any. And a oh. ship had apparently lost an entire load of these huge barrels that washed up on shore on that particular beach. So, you know, uh-huh. people were like, well, you're going to have to go to the <clears throat> naked beach to cover the store. I'm like, uh, okay. So I'm the, behind me, the camera is shooting the ocean with, you know, all the barrels behind me. And I'm looking at the camera with a whole bunch of naked people behind me. And people are like, oh, my gosh, don't show that. It's going to be controversial. I'm like, I'm not going to show it. Don't worry. It's okay. So you don't know what situation <laughs> you're going to be in. I'm looking at one thing. People looking at something else. You deal with it. You move on. It's okay. That's no, part of I know, life. I get it. You just have to I be do. open I, and, you know, and aware, you know. <laughs> Oh yes, actually, and and I was I was just said that the other day. I went on the social media and I said that I was going to meet. I was meeting an active gang member because for me this is very intriguing. He reached out to me actually, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about mm-hmm. him. Like, do I want to do this or not? Because there's a danger aspect to it, and he has no intention of leaving this gang. So I'm like, oh, am I stepping in a lane? Mine. It turned out not so badly. I'm a little more concerned about this Scientology thing because I I am I'm taking a very hands-on approach to uh, approaching the Church of Scientology, and from what I hear. Journalists are like scum to them. So I'm like, great, I can't wait to do this. This should be lovely. I'm a little nervous. I, I am. Well, you, I'm sure you've heard it. I mean, you can't be in the news or you can't be a journalist without knowing about Scientology, clearly. We're all kind of thrown in the face mm-hmm. of this. And I'm like, I think somebody needs to do something. I mean, I'm just a, a journalist in a pool of journalists. I get it. And I think they're going to need to take a lot of heavy hits to kind of get knocked down a bit. But, uh, you know, I did you see that Leah Remney show that was on? It, it's it's very intriguing captivating it, it's captivating it's and I talked to one of the show one of the women that were on the show and and she just talked about I mean it just broke my heart I mean she hasn't seen her child in three years and I'm like somebody needs to do this not that no one is doing anything about it but they need pressure on them all the time for the, something to happen so I'm just I'm intrigued but I'm nervous you know what I mean it's that that rush of excitement but oh my god as long as I'm not dead next week we're good so it was nice knowing you if I die next week because <laughs> well, I did this so it was great <laughs> Let's hope not, because I have great interviews for next week. But you just never know. You don't know. Okay, so we have but to. But you do it. Did you do it because you love it? That's it. So. Well, I I do, and I have a heart for you know I'm a mom, so obviously, of course, when when I hear that people are being separated from their parents and loved ones, it's heartbreaking, you know. And and when you touch yourself mm-hmm. as a church and your cult, that's not really a good idea. And some of us don't like that. Um, so there's there's just a whole lot of death that goes into that. So we'll just have to see how it goes. Um. I want to ask you about something that's very important, which is this. Um, people look at you in your presence and your work and your resume, and they go to your website, and they see this very distinguished woman, and she's very well classy and put together, and, and then they must think to themselves, oh, this is what she does all day long, 24-7. She's not really a human. So I want to talk about you as a human. Sharon must be human. She must do real life things like the rest of us. So if we shadowed Sharon for one day and she was on her time off, what are some of the things that you like to do? What do you enjoy? There are a number of things. Well, um, first of all, you know, I, I love to spend time with my friends. Sometimes we do some traveling or easy enough go to get a massage like any other woman would love to get, which is so rare in our <laughs> lives. It barely ever happens. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, just reading a nice book, being able to spend time with my family, it's just anything anyone else wants to do, just relax and, and have a good time and just 
feel good about yourself. That's pretty much what I end up doing too. Um, being that I live here where I am, I'm in, I'm in Texas and, you know, right. we have a number of opportunities to go driving all over the place and throughout the state. It's just living life, enjoying yourself and work is one thing. Work is, is wonderful, but you have to be able to find something that you're passionate about outside of that in order to, to maintain your sanity sometimes. <laughs> so for me, a lot of it is traveling and reading and yeah. <laughs> and sure. No, I, no, I totally get what so. you mean. Cause if I don't step away from things, I go absolutely nuts. I know what you mean. Now, um, obviously yeah. because I have a few followers of the show, at least last I hear, um, some of them are male and then they look at you and then some of them even say weird things to me. And I say weird cause I'm a chick. So I don't really look at Sharon like this, but some people do and they say, Oh my goodness, she's a lovely looking lady. And I wonder if she is available. So to the men that are listening on my show that don't get to talk to you, and I do, I get to ask that question, which is, okay, Sharon, tell us about your love life, because there are people out there that want to date you, apparently. Just saying. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I'll be like honest, when you're I'm on TV, single. it's right on you. Now. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm single. That's, that's it right now. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're yeah. single. I think you're lying. Serious? No, I'm not really? lying. It's just, you know, that's just Why? how it is right now. So that's. I, I don't know. <laughs> it just is well, what no, it is. Meaning so. you, have the, you have what I call the token three. You obviously, you know, you have beauty and you have brains and boldness about you. I think any woman that possesses those three qualities, I don't know why they're single. I mean, there's, there's just no excuse for that. Sorry. Men, there's something wrong with you because listen to what I have on the other end of this phone. I can't even imagine that they're not beating your door down. I'm shocked. There you go, boys. No. I can tell you how to get a hold of her on Facebook. There you go. Thank you very much. Oh. Okay, so now that, now that I got you a date, we can go on to something a little more okay. important. Um, okay. Obviously, Sharon and I do the same thing, sort of, kind of, because she has a radio show. And I love this. It's called Sharing the Sugar with Sharon. I love that. Tell me about that title. Where did that come from? That is so cool. Actually, it's Sharon. <laughs> um, it's spelled with two R's instead of one. That was my mom's doing. Okay. She uh, liked Sharon, but she went with Sharon, so it's sharing the sugar okay. with Sharon. Sharon. And okay, got I, it. Yes, 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 yes. And it is uh, my podcast, and it's just recently started. It's only been going on for about two and a half months, but mm-hmm. I've just been honored and blessed with the caliber of people who have been able to put on the show because I wanted to create something, right. as I mentioned earlier, about all the negativity and animosity on social media. And I got tired of seeing so much anger for so long. And I said, you know, one of the things that I have always been passionate about is giving back. And I'll admit it, I'm a lifetime Girl Scout. I was a Girl Scout when I was six years old and for a number of years. And one of the things I always loved to do was volunteer. And I thought by putting together a show where we're talking to people from different walks of life, some very famous, some not famous, about what they're doing in their lives. But the one thing they all have in common is that they're giving back. I thought if you hear from other people who are doing this, why can't others do the same? And this way, by giving back and seeing how a community can come together, maybe we can get around all the negativity and animosity and realize we're just all here in the same world and we've got to take care of each other. Amen. We're so all trying to get to the same boat. I agree with you 100%. Exactly. And I love I love your take on that because, folks, if you go to her, um, she has a, a Facebook page. And so if you go there and you see her personality page and you read all of these very upbeat, very positive posts, very 
stay encouraged, not discouraged sort of mentality. It's awesome because I do the same thing on my page every day. I'm constantly reminding people three, four times a day to keep the chin up and why they should do so. And it's important nowadays because I think there's that general sense of just fear or discouragement or just, you know, we're not in a good place right now. I think people need as much as oh, no. possible. And if we have a radio format or if we have a format where we're writing online or whatever we're doing to communicate to the outside world, we need to use it for a positive platform, obviously. Hence, I see the radio show. Now, get this, folks. I've seen your pictures, young lady. And let me just say right now, I just cried. I'm like, I'm so jealous. Okay, first of all, you've met And I used to watch WWE when I was like 19, dude. Okay. And here she is standing next to him. I'm like, I love you. I hate you, but I love you. And then get this. It gets better. It's not just Booker T folks. It's Rascal Flatts. It's Stan Lee. Okay. You know who Stan Lee is, right? We all know who Stan Lee is. Every time I go to his movie, I'm like, I'm so going to meet him before I die, which is getting less likely, but okay. And you've met him. She's done. She's met Tim Tebow. She's met Katie Couric, the Katie Couric, which in journalism, we all know what that means, obviously. She's met the real Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno. And you were just with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And my son, my 12-year-old son said to me today, you should probably ask her if she asked him about the Terminator movies. And I'm like, honey, I, I don't think at a professional gig she had time to ask him about the Terminator. So I said, I would ask you. I'm pretty sure you didn't ask him about the Terminator, right? You probably didn't squeeze that in. No, we didn't ask him about the Terminator, no, unfortunately, even though he did no. mention he was yeah. a former Terminator. I'm so – I would have, though, <laughs> because I've seen all of those movies. I've seen his tune-in movies. I've seen when he was in the first Predator. I know. I know what right. their son right. feels. Yeah, exactly. but I had to be professional. <laughs> oh, I know how that works, definitely. So tell me, you know, because I, I still to this day, like when I meet people that are on TV or in film, I'm still starstruck. I mean, obviously you can't fall down and pass out on the ground, but it, it's an experience. And it's, I always have a hard time explaining to people because now I've gotten more used to it. But what is that like? I mean, when you're looking at someone like Stan Lee who's had a career of just years and years and, and just – I, the countless numbers of stories that have been put together in the movies, what is that experience like? I mean, how are you feeling standing next to that person, just to give people a bird's eye view of where you were? Well, I guess because I've been doing this for so long, the whole concept of being the starstruck and people maybe get mad right. at me at this or fangirl. I don't fangirl on people because really me, each individual, yeah, because each individual I come across to me, is a wonderful person who's been able to accomplish a lot. And right. I, when I saw Stan Lee, because I've met him before. I met him four or five years oh, ago nice. when he, oh, yeah, when he was in Texas before. And he's okay. a nice person. He's 94 now, and he acts like he's in his late 50s, early 60s. He's just laid back, oh, relaxed, just give him a big old <laughs> hug, and he's just so down to earth. And, yes, I know he is the co-creator of Spider-Man. I know he did Thor. The Hulk, right. uh, Iron Man, the Avengers, I can go on and on and on, but he is just one of the most laid-back, chilling type type of dudes out there. And you Aww. know what they do? Because he is an icon. To me, he is, he is an icon, right. yes. But oh, I just want to say, know. hey, thank you. I just want to say thank you, and that's what I did. And I was there because I wanted to talk about his literacy program, which most people don't realize, and a new program he started where he's getting – low-income communities and police officers and talking to the Black Congressional Congress about bringing these communities closer together. And he just started that new program in January. And people aren't aware of these things. And that's another reason why starting the podcast, you find out about these things from people that you're like, oh, I knew him because of this, this, and this. But I didn't know about this. So that's why I was there to talk to him. And he is just one of the most laid-back men out there. 
he just he's wonderful. That's but awesome. I don't fangirl. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like to see people. But I that's awesome. I'm just interested in learning about them. I agree with so. you 100. percent I think every interview that I've ever done, I've always said that I always take away something from it. And I don't think they realize I usually take away probably more than they do from the interview because I'm meeting someone who's inspiring or motivating or educating. You mm-hmm. obviously fit all those classic motifs clearly. Um, and because, uh, forgive me, there just wasn't, I wasn't 100 percent clear on this. So as it relates to your radio show, as I understand, if I got this right, it is is it one time a week? And also tell us a bit about the types of individuals you're looking to interview in case somebody's out there listening and they're like, hey, I want to go on her show. Follow? You got it. It is. It airs once a week. It's on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes up Thursday evening, and just I upload everything, and everyone can hear it then. But, of course, it's out there, so you can just download it um, on iTunes or Google Play at any time, and every right. single one of those episodes are up. But the people I'm looking for, like I said, yes, I've, I've interviewed famous people, but some people – are not famous. I interviewed a, a young lady a couple of weeks ago. Her name is Brittany Abear, and she does a lot for St. Jude's, for instance. And for the past 10 years, she's raised $5 million just to help those kids. And um, some other people out there, there's one gentleman who is named Jerry Levias. Some people are like, oh, I've never heard of him. But in the sports world, especially in the Southwest Conference, People know mm-hmm. him as being one of the first African-Americans to help integrate the Southwest Conference in football. He's one of those individuals who goes back and helps kids all the time because when he went into college, they had to have armed guards around him. They had people were, had death threats against him. He'd go to competing schools, and there were nooses that the um, people in the stands were holding because they wanted to lynch him. But he still, after all of that, had a message about giving back and helping others and young people by telling his story and letting them know that even with everything that he went through, he wanted to leave college. He had gone on academic scholarship and football scholarship, and he still, to this day, remembers when Martin Luther King Jr. called him and begged him to stay in his university because he knew that he was going to be a trailblazer, and people don't know that. There are individuals like that that I've talked to, but anyone out there who is just trying to make a difference, and you don't have to have a foundation or a huge charity. You may just be helping people in your, your neighborhood, elderly people in your neighborhood or kids, just do something better and, and make a better life for themselves. Those are the people I'm talking to. I'm talking to everybody. There are billions right. of people on this planet who have a story to tell, who are just trying to do their best to help other people and Every single one of them is available for me to interview if I get a chance. That's it. That's amazing and incredible, and you should be thanked for that. So let me just thank you from the committee or the community, I should say, because oftentimes uh, I know a lot of times people don't get that pat on the back, and it's so refreshing to see individuals who are, again, using your platform for positive purpose. I'm a huge, huge supporter of that. So kudos to you. Congratulations on that. And any way that I can support that show, know that I will, including listening to it and standing there and saying, I'm jealous, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I am so jealous of you. I want to be <laughs> like one day. I do. Now, speaking of which, um, we were just talking about this before. You actually had brought it up. Um, now you are active on the board of directors for the Girl Scouts of San. J- it's Jacinto San, San Jacinto Council. Council. Yeah. Okay. Actually, Wonderful. I just recently stepped down because my ten- my tenure um, oh. was only for a certain period of time, for about eight oh, years. Sorry. You, you know, you have to rotate. No, no, don't don't apologize. I had a blast. But they do that because you want new and fresh blood in all the time, and I appreciate that. 
Um, so, you know, you're on there for eight years and then the next, and they bring in new people, but I still am actively involved. So I am so, right. I, I'm a lifetime Girl Scout. Anything right. I can do for them, I still do. I mean, I MC programs for them. I help, I speak at some of the girls' events. So don't, don't apologize. I'm, I'm proud of what I've done and I'll continue to do more with them in the future. But everywhere I go, Amen. you know, I'm still a Girl Scout. That's what we do. Without a doubt. <laughs> So if we have people that are listening in right now that have little children at home and they have little ladies at home and they're thinking, okay, why should I get them involved with the Girl Scout program? So give us three quick reasons why every family should have their little girl be a Girl Scout. You'd be the perfect girl to ask. And go. <laughs> Just three? Oh, my goodness. Okay. One, it I got helps build self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Build self-esteem. That's one reason. Two, giving back to others. That's two. And also, when it comes to cookie sales, you learn how to become an entrepreneur. Oh, my God. You learn right? how to be a great like, businesswoman. Oh, I think it's amazing. Until, oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Girl Scouts and I are think like everyone. Wine. Yes. I know. Right. They're and amazing. Helping young ladies. <laughs> exactly. Amen to that one. Definitely. I'm 100% advocate of Girl Scouts every year. And let me tell you, I buy cookies every year, except for Lent this year. I gave up chocolate, so I couldn't really have Girl Scout cookies. So that was kind of a bummer for me. But we wholeheartedly. Wait, you gave up. Hold on just a second. You gave up chocolate, but there are other Girl Scout cookies that don't have chocolate in them. Have you ever had Girl Scout cookies, girl? Let me tell you, the caramel ones and the mint ones are the best ones. Okay, so don't even go. I I love those. If I can't have them, we're boycotting, okay? I went and I bought them for my kids. Okay, I did buy them and I didn't eat them. Boy, (laughs) listen to Girl Scout girl over here getting on my back already. Thanks. Okay, moving right along up. I love you. It's all good. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding, right? I love this thing. Um, you were actually on the steering committee for the Women of Wardrobe with Dress for Success in Houston, which I think is neat because yeah. this is very empowering. Programs like that and, and things like that, events like that, girl-orientated type things are awesome. I want to know how you got involved with the Dress for Success program because I think that's neat. Well, actually, I was. they asked me to MC a program a number of years ago, probably talking about eight, nine years ago, and I mm-hmm. loved what they do. And for those who don't know what Dress for Success, I mean, there are a number of chapters all over the country, and if you can get, become a part of it, it is amazing. What they do is they, they open the door to women who are either trying to start over or those who are recommended from other organizations who may be down on their luck or, or they just trying to make a better life for their families. And they mm-hmm. bring them in, they give them them counseling on teaching them how to interview, how to walk into an interview, how to build their self-esteem. And they supply, which is amazing, they supply a new um, basic wardrobe, whether it is, and I'm just talking about one particular outfit to go out and interview. You have someone who Mm -hmm. will walk you through getting a a suit that is accommodating for that individual woman. accessories that go with it, whether it's a scarf or a purse or a handbag or shoes or, or earrings, and to make them feel comfortable and build their self-esteem about trying to get that next job while giving them job training too. And sure. for a lot of women, that's so important. And there's another aspect they've added in for a number of years too is bringing in women who have been in the military. They're real huge supporters of the military. And a lot of those women who, who are trying to transition into the world outside of the military need assistance too, whether it's a life change and all of that. And they, they train and teach them as well how to transition from, from one to another into the job market. And just the things that they do to uplift women, to build their self-esteem, to realize that they are not 
ending one career, ending a part of their life. They're just starting a new journey. It's such a wonderful right. pleasure to behold in person. It truly is. Oh, without a doubt, absolutely. I think that's amazing. And that's why I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's another thing she participated in. That's awesome. You do all these absolutely wonderful projects and things. I forgot to ask you about this earlier. Um, we'll see if you'll actually admit this or not. Do you have a best interview? Because <laughs> I know I don't. Because you know why? Because I love every interview. I can't pick one. It would be unfair. So I'm just curious. If, oh, I, let, Let's put yeah. it a better way. Is there an interview that you thoroughly just enjoyed wholeheartedly for every single aspect of that person, personally, professionally, oh my gosh. If you can, I'm the you. same with you. I can't. I can't. I really? can't say which okay. one is better than no, because there's each one is different. But it, no, I agree. With what I'm doing now, it's just when I'm talking about people's, they're giving back their charities, foundations, or whatever they do. It's just seeing people's faces light up because they're talking about something they're so passionate about. That right. in itself is just a wonderful feeling for me. Because a lot of times when you interview people, you know firsthand, you're talking about something, you know, you may be just talking, interviewing them, oh, what's going on today, what's going on with your career, who you did, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the standard answer. But when you're, yeah, when, but when you talk about something that, oh, my gosh, this is this charity that I've been working with, and this is what they do, they either help animals, they help kids, they help the elderly, their entire demeanor changes. And when you see that from someone, it just makes you feel good about yourself just listening to them talking about feeling good about themselves. So I can't tell you just Amen. one interview that just, oh, my gosh, it's just amazing, because they, they <laughs> all have their, their wonderful moments. They do. That's a really good answer. Okay, this one will be a little easier, and I'll see if she'll actually answer it. Have Abony ever had an interview that was a little challenging or difficult, and you walked away and you thought, I'm going to pull out every strand of my hair after this? And you don't have to name a name. Just give us a generalized idea, if you would, because we've all had that one interview where you thought, Oh, my God, I'm going to die right now. Makes sense? Yes, it does. Are you talking as in an ind- individual or a situation? It could be or... anybody. Just could, just could be anyone. And the only reason I speak to this is because when I talk or I lecture and I teach people, they always think it's such a glamorous lifestyle. Oh, you get to interview people and you get to this and this. They forget that there are things involved with interviewing people like different personalities, egos, you know, certain other things. And, and sometimes you have to interview people that you're not always comfortable with. So I kind of want to talk about that experience and see how you handled that. Make sense? Yeah. Oh, it makes perfect sense. It's just trying to think of one that I had that situation because it's very rare and it's been so well, long. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, there, there's probably one situation. I'm trying to remember exactly. It was just like, oh, you know, no. it's kind of pulling your hair a little bit because you're, sure. you're thinking they're just giving you one word answers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or no, or, uh, I'm, not I'm not sure. sure. Let me think about that. I'll get back to you. I'm not well, really certain. Can I look that up? Yes. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I'm, I'll pat myself on the back on this one. It's just being able mm-hmm. to do research before you going in. You can't always do right. that. But right. leaving, being able to do that and finding something that they really just obscure situation where they did something maybe with you know, helping out a kid or something like that, or they had a ski trip that didn't go so well. You kind of bring that up out of nowhere, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I remember, and they just go crazy. They go, it's like diarrhea of the mouth, and they won't stop. So if you find something that is is too funny. I get that a lot, actually. An obscure situation, obscure situation that has maybe not necessarily to do with your subject matter. You bring that in. It opens them up, mm-hmm. then you can go back to what you're doing, and then they're fine. 
That's it. I No, I get it. I agree with you, definitely. And I'm pretty lucky, too. There's been very few times where I've ever had somebody come on here, like when I've interviewed them in person, where I actually just kind of shrugged my hat or did this or this or this. There's only been one actor in probably five years, and unfortunately, he was very dishonest about lots and lots of things. And I had done my homework efficiently well, and he, he kind of blew the wool right over me and tons of other people. And that's disheartening when that happens. So folks, take a lesson from it us. Is. Those of us that have been doing this a long time, they're out there. It's few and far between, and the good is definitely definitely outweighs the bad when it comes to uh, discovering new people, new events, new opportunities, covering things that nobody would know anything about if you didn't give coverage to it. So um, I, I know what you mean. So luckily, we haven't had that experience too much. Now, folks, listen in, and let me tell you this. You can rest your mouth for just two seconds. So get this. She's, this is a sign, I've always said. It's not so much the accolades, but it's the appearance and also the impact you make on other human beings. In this particular case, Sharon has got tons of accolades along with being an impressive, intellectual, intelligent human being who makes an impact on others. She's got the honor pin from the Girl Scouts of America. In 1993, she was, say it with me, you won for New Mexico. Isn't that right? She's actually Miss New a Mexico. beauty. Yes. Actual yeah. beauty. Actual beauty winning pageant person. Can you believe that? Oh, wait, it gets better. <laughs> so... <laughs> she has won the Alabama Education Media Award. She has done the Best Feature Reporting Award to the Press Club in Alabama. She's gotten an award for Outstanding Feature Story Award, and that's for South Florida Black Journalists. Of course, she has been named one of the 50 most influential women by Houston Women's Magazine. What does it feel like to be one out of 50 influential? I think I'm like one out of a million influential, like somewhere way down the line. But that, that has to be thrilling, meaning that someone's actually standing in front of you and saying, we literally acknowledge, recognize, and appreciate the fact that you influence so many people. What does that feel like? That has to be just enthralling and amazing. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. It's, it's an honor that somebody would recognize me for just trying to be myself and just trying mm-hmm. to help people and just trying to do good for the world. But there are so many other people who also deserve to be recognized who never are. So I take the honor as a not just an honor, but a responsibility because I'm representing others out there. I'm representing those who aren't always acknowledged for the good works that they do. And if I'm going to receive something like that, I take it as being something that I need to, of course, stand tall with, but represent all of the women who are behind me and those who are in front of me who paved the way for me. That sounded like a pageant answer, didn't it? (laughs) I was going to say that, but it wouldn't be nice. So I'm trying to be nice right now. Oh, I said it. You said it. She said it. She said it, so I don't need to. Okay. There you go. You took it right away from me. So thanks so much for doing that because I was like, I'm going to be in deep shit if I said that. (gasps) I just said the F word today, folks. Beep. Okay. That's one blurb. See, I can do that because I'm not on television. See, we don't have to worry about that because we're not on television. So if I have an occasional F word, I think we're okay. And that's fine. Another, oh, my God, moment. Get this. Emmy and nominated in the same sentence. Emmy, nominated. I can't even get an Oscar. I can't even get half an Emmy. I can't even get a Grammy. Oh, wait, I don't sing. What? I mean, (laughs) what? Emmy, nominated. I mean, what? I don't even know how to say that. That's got to, like, blow your mind because that really puts you in the ranks of the elite, literally. And a test, I mean, a true testament of, of your work and being recognized is clearly being recognized by some of those hierarchies that we know of. Um, how did that come about and for, for what? Was it a particular program? Was it a particular piece that you did? Talk to us about this Emmy nomination. 
Well, it was actually a particular piece I did when I was in Florida, and I was just doing an introspective about um, someone who was an icon in in Florida for a number of years who marched with Dr. Martin Luther King, and it was like a what we call a future human interest story, and they thought right. that it was impressive. And sadly, that person has passed away, but uh, they said that, hey, thank you so much for doing this. It was nominated. I did not win the Emmy, but just to be nominated, I know it's cliche when people say, oh, just to be nominated is a good thing. Yeah, we all want to win, but you can't always win. But you can't always be nominated either. So, hey, you got to give yourself a pat on the back for at least doing that. But, you know, it it, it truly is is fun. You you, do... the stories because you love doing the stories. And if somebody's recognizing right. that, that's just, you know, icing on the cake because the cake's already baked. I agree. Hopefully the cake tastes good. If you put some icing on it with an Emmy nomination, that's pretty nice too. I know, right? I exactly. So that's why like that came that. up. <laughs> I'll well, so her. She's like, like you know, it's, it's just so nice to be nominated. I'm sitting here thinking I can't even get one nomination. I can't even get half a nomination. She's already got that nomination. I've been trying really hard, folks. All right, I'm done whining now. We're over it. All right, on to the next thing, which is, of course, we don't want to forget to talk about this. Um, Obviously, most of us don't get to where we are without some level of education. In your particular case, I know you've got your bachelor's um, from Texas A&M in speech communication slash journalism, which are two of my favorite things. Mm -hmm. And, of course, progressed along to a master's degree in TV communications through Eastern New Mexico University. Now, I want to get your take on this because I always ask the people that come on my show it's important. A lot of the people that I have interviewed before have only gone so far in schooling and have insisted that life experience is the leading way to become successful. People like yourself might necessarily differ because of the fact that obviously you've gone for both bachelor's and master's degree. So talk to the folks that are listening in about how you feel education will either be an enhancement for them or is it a combination of both life experience and education that helps to tailor the most success in your career? I think it's both education and life experience because things always change in your life. Things can be taken away from you at any moment, but your education never can be. And to me, that is hugely important. Uh, you don't have to get a master's degree to, to be a journalist. Most people don't. I loved education, so I did, because if I decided I wasn't going to be a journalist anymore or a writer or talk to people or interview people, I always have something else to fall back on. Um, granted, yes, I have taught on the university level before. I could do that, but I could do so many other things too. But my education opens up my future and possibilities most people would never, ever realize if they don't have that education. And I think it is just, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to get that education. Now, you know, paying for it can be expensive. I understand that. Mm. Um, mm. And especially in this day and age for a lot of young people, I know they're, they're graduating with a lot of debt out there. My heart goes out to them. Um, but if you do decide to, especially the young people who may be listening, and even those who are not young who want to go back to school, there are a lot of programs out there that can help to pay for it. Uh, you brought up my pageant portion of of my life. And I'm just one to admit, yes. I am blessed with the fact that my undergraduate and my master's degree were paid for two reasons, by two things. One, I had academic scholarships, so I studied real hard, so that helped pay for it. And because of my pageants, I had a lot of scholarship money. So that helps to pay for it, too. Ah. So I am proud to say I graduated my undergrad and my master's degree without having to ever take out a loan. Nice. So I graduated in nice. debt. That there doesn't always go. happen for Everybody, people. 
doesn't, well, you're it doesn't mean you have right. to jump in the pageant to pay for college, but some people do. I was just going to say, hey, folks, but, maybe we should all go in the pageant, but good luck with some of us because we're old and short and getting fat. No, I don't think for, that's going to work for some of us. an advanced age, which you are not an advanced age. Ouch. But there are patches for Ouch. everybody. <laughs> you are not Even for the over 40 club like say. myself, thank you. Great. You can't wait to do that pageantry thing. Okay, so now that you opened Pandora's box, I have to ask a question. Go ahead. Because as a journalist, this has come up, and we all have heard about it or thought about it or at least seen a story about uh-huh. it. Being being part of that whole part and parcel, as you know nowadays, uh-huh. we live in a society, and I'm not lying, where kids that are 21 look like they're like 25 or ones that are 18 or like 30 because between the makeup and, and our pushing, and that society is pushing the pretty factor. When I say pretty, it's not so much the inside. You're always looking for a particular height. Models have to be so tall. They have to look a certain way, dress a certain way, be a certain height. Do you think we've gotten over-embellishing when it comes to the whole beauty factor, and especially in the pageantry thing? I mean, I, I, I just keep thinking of that little girl, that John Benet Ramsey, and it just, you know, yeah. that's always stuck in my head when it comes to that stuff. So maybe if you would just pass that wisdom on to girls out there, because I, I have a really high female demographic that listen to the show. I think this is important to touch about that, and who better to ask than you? Are, are we a little carried away with the proof of the pretty, so to speak, having to be in the physical portion? You can take that from different perspectives, one being that I have been a contestant and I have won, but I've also been a judge. So I've been on both sides of, of the fence on that one. Nice. Uh, it depends okay. on, you know, I've judged pageants in the Miss America system. I've judged pageants in the USA system. And the reason why I did that is because I wanted to make sure it was as fair as possible because there have been situations where it's not. But in answer oh, yeah. to your question, um, the little world pageants, depending on which ones you get into, you know, they have a glam factor. Those are different than when you get older and all of that. Do we emphasize a little too much on overly beauty? We might, depending on the system. Um, I think just in general, our society has a tendency of sometimes doing that, whether it's in entertainment fields, whether it's, you know, even at going to schools, as a lot of women know, in school, these teenagers may be dressing up a little too much. But I think every generation has had to deal with that. I think it's when you go into those situations with those pageants, you have to go in with an an open mind and an open heart on, is this what I want to do? There are certain things that you have to do in each category in order to compete. Is that something you want to do? Not every young girl wants to, but if you do, you, you have to compete. You have to wear that makeup. You have to wear those heels. You have to wear that dress. You have to be prepared for the swimsuit competition for physical fitness in some cases, as they may call it. You have to look at what system you're going to compete in because Miss America is different than USA, different than Sweetheart. There are a number of different systems, but you have to be open and honest with yourself. Is this something I want to to do? Do I want to put myself on display to compete in this? Um, Once you do that and realize each individual system, I know there's a lot of information, but each individual system is different. If you want to compete, then you've got to be able to say, hey, then I'm going to go that, that way. Um, do we overemphasize it? Sometimes we do. But I think one of the biggest things that I learned from competing, especially because I compete in the Miss America system, is that I have built a lot of confidence within myself. I know how to interview. Case in point, I hope I'm doing it okay right now. <laughs> but I know a lot of girls who have gone through this, these systems who – Imagine going into a boardroom or imagine going into for their first job and they get it every time because they know how to answer questions in an interview because they learned it from a patch it. 
and they stand right. pretty pretty too. They have pretty feet when they stand too, so they look pretty good too. <laughs> so oh, I totally like again, get it. answer your question. Yeah, you get it. You get it. So in answer to your question once again, yeah, we kind of overemphasize on beauty sometimes, but if you want to compete, you've got to follow the rules and, and compete like any other sport out there because pageants are a sport. Plain and simple. Yeah. They are. Just like football and baseball and everything else is just a different type. And we wear heels when we do it. Oh, exactly. I get you. Now, out of all these things that you've done, I'm just curious to ask you, because you've been a journalist, you've been an anchor, reporter, producer, as well as obviously a teacher we mentioned, clearly, and single person, again, to the men that are listening, just in case anybody's <laughs> out there uh, trying to get her date, a couple other things. Out of all those things, all those life things, and including, of course, obviously, volunteer work is a given because we're going to talk about that in a second because I know that you're heavily involved in doing all sorts of things for various different charities. Um, what's your favorite role? What do you enjoy doing more than anything else out of all those things, and why, if you don't mind? I, and, you know, I can't say just one. I mean, I probably lean towards the volunteerism because that's just part of my heart and soul. I'm sorry. But the thing is, they all make okay. up who I am. And I, I can't say... It's like saying I like one arm better than the other or um, I, I like one nail better than the other when it gets painted because, you know, they, they look pretty all when they're painted correctly until they chip. But, you know, that's a different story. Um, <laughs> no, I get it. But it's just it's part of me. Uh, and I'm proud of all parts that I've been able to to strengthen to become a part of who I am and what I've become. So every day I just look in the mirror and I say, hey, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm just going to keep on keeping on. But, you know, if I was going to lean more towards one, I'll be honest with you, it's just volunteering and giving back because it's something that I, I hope to continue to do for the rest of my life. Very, very nice. Um, just out of curiosity of the volunteer work that you've done thus far, if you want to share to our listening audience the ones that are closest to your heart. Obviously, we all do different things for different reasons, and we donate our time and our efforts because we want to. But are there ones that are that are more special to your heart or those that you wish that people would get more of an involvement in that might be listening in today that even if a couple of people make a difference and step up, it might make a sizable difference? Well, I know one thing um... – You've already mentioned about the Girl Scouts, and you've already mentioned about Dress for Success mm-hmm. Houston, because those are true passions. But if I right. was to mention just overall, one thing that people could do, especially since you said you have a, a large female audience and male audience as well, yes, is doing something that you feel passionate about, but also, if you can, also try to help girls out there. Because even though there are so many things that young women are able to, to accomplish today, they are still obstacles out there that are created, unfortunately. <laughs> there are still young girls out there who don't have self-esteem, who may right. not have role models around them that they can look up to. But, you know, try to show, open a door for them and let them walk through. Let them know that they matter. Let them know that they're important. Let them know that you are a hand up for them and to help them. And and not just girls with boys, too, but especially our our young women out there because there are so many things they're bombarded with, images that they are thrown in their face all of the time, that they are not worthy, they're not good enough. Just remind them that they're good enough and that they can accomplish anything they want to. I think that would be so important if people could do that in in, in any area, any program. I don't care. But just, just make sure that they know that they are worthy. Do, do, do you hear her? I mean, like she's not fabulous enough, and then she has to go throw something like that out there. And you're like, you just want to, you just want to like hug her, don't you? 
Like, she's the ambassador <laughs> of peace, love, and, and awesome, and a total tree hugger like myself. Oh, my gosh, you're just so fabulous. Um, I don't want to forget <laughs> to mention this. To those that don't know this, that you've been listening into this interview, obviously I know you've been a morning anchor, a weekend anchor, and obviously, of course, an education and anchor reporter in a couple of different places. So if people wanted to go back, let's say, to KTR, excuse me, KTRK or WSVN or KOBR, can they watch prior episodes of you um, to see your work in action if they're curious about you, they're listening today, and they want to go back and see some of these things? Are those still available? Because I know some TV stations only archive so much. You know what I'm saying? Well, I made it a little easier um, on my uh, website, SharonMelton.com. Mm-hmm. I actually have a section under there where you can learn more about me, and there should still be a video uh, of me doing some of my anchoring on there. So you can see a little bit of it in there, if that kind of helps. Okay. Um, it's just sure, my no, I, be, because people, Right. People listen in, and I'll be like, oh, and I you want to check her out on camera and see how she is. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you can go that way. I still have my newsreel up under the journalist and celebrity interviewer section, so you can see a little bit of my anchoring and reporting on that one, if that helps. <laughs> but you have to go to my website oh, for that. Lovely. Now, if you Googled me, there are probably some things that will pop up from my previous stories that I have done in the past. So just that you'll find a few. But it's easier just to go to my website com, and you'll see a newsreel. It's probably about 11 minutes long. You'll see some of that, and then you'll see some other pictures of people that I've interviewed or been around, and like, you know, Christian Louboutin, and you saw Katie Couric on there, and the amazing, oh, my gosh, I miss Eileen Ford. Oh, gosh, she was wonderful. So, And, but, uh, yeah, you know, you haven't. I've been waiting for you to announce that you're going to say that you're that you're going to interview Cher because I've only been trying to interview Cher for like my entire <laughs> life, and I don't even think I think she might even be fake. Like I, I'm pretending like I'm seeing her real, and I have seen her real in concert. I'm like I have these top five people in my head. I'm sure that we all do, and there's five people, singers, actors, etc., that I want to interview, and I just for the life of me, I can't get that woman. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, it's kind of like wanting Jessica Lange. Oh wait, there's another name I want, or have you interviewed her? <laughs> I was just, I'm waiting. Because you know what I mean? Uh, There's like those special ones that you connect to and you're like, I love their music or I love their work or whatever have you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It can be a little frustrating at times because you really want something. I just actually spoke to one of my top five yesterday for the first time after after who? almost 18 months. And I'm not telling uh-huh. yet. <laughs> oh, but gotcha. it, it, it's just so neat. You know what I mean? It's neat because our occupation allows us to talk to people that, you know, that we want to expose our audiences to people, but it's so nice when we get to finally talk to somebody that we wanted to interview or we want to meet or whatever have you. Um, I, I, you know, I probably sounded like a dork because I literally couldn't talk. <laughs> I was like, um, okay. You know, that moment, like, um, okay, I'll, I'll get my consciousness back in a minute or whatever. So that's, you know, that's, that's the neat part of the job. That and the fact that using our words for good, I think, is always really important. Now, I have a really important question because you're in Texas. And so I had an invitation for you, and I thought, oh, my God, who better to ask than somebody like Sharon to cover this? You know, I have a film festival coming up in July. Um, my very mm-hmm. first independent film festival in New York City. And I thought, I bet this girl probably never gets to New York City, does she? Because I'm like, if she comes to New York City, oh, my God, wouldn't it be wonderful if if her, the proverbial her, on the other end of my phone could actually come to my festival and cover it or just come to it and see great film and hear great music and, well, overshadow me, 
like she's doing right now. <laughs> when is it? You when know, actually, like is it in July though? When is it? Because I've it got is a in July. July. It, it's the weekend of July 21st to July 23rd. Um, I was originally going to do it in June, and then my son's comic book is coming out, so it, that's kind of overshadowing me in a great way because you know we've been working on this for a long time. So I had to push it back to give myself a little more time. So that was like the weekend after my birthday. So I'm like, oh, great. We'll celebrate my birthday. We'll have a film festival. It'll be awesome. And so every time my friends come on the show, I'm like, you know what? Let's make you a part of this. But I knew you were in Texas. So I was like, well, it might be a long shot, but I figured if I throw it out early enough, you never know. I might get lucky. And if not, well, when I come to Texas, I'll have to come and see you. <laughs> well, I'm actually doing another event that weekend, so I don't think I'm going to be able to come but. But, but I will tell you this, um, New York Fashion Week in September, <gasps> yes. I may be in New York for that. So oh, we will have to see oh, if we gosh. can, yeah, we, we may be able to do something then. And I may just have that to interview awesome. you or whatever. Oh, my so. God, right? Well, you know what I'm going to do <laughs> this coming week, like this Thursday? Who are you interviewing, Sharon? Because guess who's going to be listening to you this time? I'm curious. Who are you having on? Or are you not on this well, Thursday? Well, actually, no, no, no. I'm on this Thursday, and it's actually okay. the um, – it's a, it's a, it's, you already mentioned Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so he's the one who's actually going to be on my show this Thursday. And I'm doing something a little bit different with this one. Because um, oh. I was honored to attend, um, and I know you know who J.J. Watt is, wonderful human being. He plays for the defense for the Houston Texans, and he yes. has this amazing foundation that does a charity classic for the fifth year this year, and oh, he invited yeah. Arnold to come to that this past weekend, and Arnold had a press conference. Yeah. I had a chance to ask him a couple of questions. So I decided, because he talked so much about giving back, and community service right. is to have that as my podcast for this particular Thursday. So people can oh, hear awesome. the entire um, com- news conference and when he's talking about giving back to try to encourage people to give back, I, that's going to be uh, okay. this week's particular podcast show. Wow. And here I said, here I was yeah. going to do a moment like, ha ha, I'm going to listen to her show and, and critique her. And I, I can't even tap that out. Oh, wow. Now that I'm feeling really insignificant. Yeah. (laughs) That's got to be amazing, though. No, honestly, I I so am, and and I'm sure you would agree with this. We've noticed, I've noticed this as being a writer and in film, and I do multiple platforms. You know, all of us tend to, at least a good majority of us, get along very well when we support and cross-promote one another and network together very well. And then you come across that 10 or 20% where the egos come into play and it's very, you know, awkward and uncomfortable. And most people already know, of course, I'm highly sarcastic. Clearly, I have absolutely no ego whatsoever about bringing on a like mind on my show. In fact, I welcome it all the time because they get it. You know what I mean? But I, I, do, I don't uh-huh. like the ugliness, again, that comes from their, the competition or the I have to get a better guest or I have to do this or I have to do this. I think it's extraordinarily exciting that you're able to be in the presence of such greatness. I mean, I'm excited every day, every time I get to interview somebody new and different. But but when you get to those recognizable folks and they're making a difference, not just by their acting or by their writing or by their uh, songs, but really getting hands on the community like what you're talking about, that's fabulous. And I will wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly be telling my fans and folks to be listening on Thursday to your show. And, of course, obviously, I'm going to subscribe and listen to your show just because you're so cool and cooler than me, as we've all 
noticed here. No, you're cool. You're beyond cool. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I went through this whole interview and I'm thinking to myself, okay, Cindy, you, you've done, you know, I've had a, I've had a rough couple of weeks. And so this is my first show back since I went to New York and I was just listening and I'm thinking, oh my God, please don't let this woman hate this interview. Cause I'm like, I could have done better. I should have done this. I should have said this. I should have said that. You know what that's like when you've been away for a little while and then you're coming back and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm back in the saddle now. You know what I mean? And then the first person I get is you, Miss Heavy Hitter. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got points for the beauty passion, at least. Let's put it that way. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to let you rest for two seconds. I'm going to read off all the different ways where people can find you, Sharon, so that this way people have a, a means and a ways to do that. But I don't want to forget to mention this really quick. And it's, it, forgive me, because I've never really spoken to her. So is it is it Renee? Is that how she pronounces her name? Rennie or Renee? Do you know? Renee it's Hurst. actually pronounced rain. Rain. Like rain. It's raining outside. Mean? It's rain. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you. Okay, Miss Rain. It's amazing. Hurst. If it was not for Rain, I would not even know you because we actually are mutual friends on a very, very large public relations group that I thank God for every day because I've made some of the best friends, some of the best contacts, some of the best interviews, some of the best people, even more so. I met New York City recently from that page. So, Rain Hirsch, this is what I have to say to you. You are fabulous. I looked at your pictures. I've looked at your profile on your page, and you're coming on my show. And moreover, I'm hoping that we can collaborate a lot more in the future. And I cannot thank you enough for this extraordinarily inspirational woman on the other end of the phone right now. Without you, I wouldn't have this. And without today's interview, there won't be a whole lot of inspired females out there. Or Try that again, audience members. And I haven't even had wine yet, folks. Man, I need a break. Let me tell you. Before I forget, RainHirsch.com, and that's spelled R-E-Y-N-E-H-I-R-S-C-H.com. She also handles Outside the Box Media. I strongly encourage every person to go out and take a look at her website. She has accomplished so much. She's an absolutely beautiful face with an absolutely beautiful soul, and that I have absolutely no doubt about whatsoever. So please, please, please make it a point to check her out. As far as Sharon, as she mentioned, her name is spelled S H. A-R-R-O-N, so just so that we don't confuse that. Last name is Melton, M-E-L-T-O-N. The website is SharonMelton.com. Facebook, again, same name, Sharon Melton. Twitter is at SharonMelton01. Instagram being Sharon Melton and the number one. Her show, which is Sharing the Sugar with Sharon, airs on Thursday evenings, and that's either on iTunes or Google Play. Um, can they do that off of their phone? Because oftentimes people ask me when they tune into that, they can do that off of phone, right? They don't need a laptop or desktop Most to do that or certainly. to listen in. Oh yeah, very okay. easily. And Just a lot of times, sure. and what I do, on, and what I do on Thursdays a lot of times as well. I mean, if you can't get to iTunes or Google Play Music or whatever, you can go to my main Facebook page, and I will put the link up there too. But yeah, if you're already oh, awesome. on iTunes and you subscribe, you get an alert uh, okay. every time I post a new show. And yeah, easy breezy on the phone. Take it with you. Oh my goodness gracious. This is awesome. I cannot tell you. Well, this is what I have to say to you, young lady, because I always end the show with the same way, which is I get a chance to tell my guests what I think of them. Huh. Good luck with this one. <laughs> um, I, and I do this only because of the fact that a publicist will only tell you so much. My research will only tell me so much. And obviously, the best way of getting to know somebody is to have them on my show and listen to them and have them talk about those things. The three big things that I noticed about you today, Sharon, is that your beauty extends off of a page and into your soul, which I think is wonderful. Not all women necessarily can show that soul wholeheartedly, and you do. You show that in the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you act, the way that you write, and the way that you speak. It's all very eloquent, very professional, and you are very top-notch. 
when it comes to industry individuals, I interview a lot of them oftentimes, and, and you are very succinct and very subjective about everything that you talk about. You're very knowledgeable. You have a lot of wisdom where you can pass on to new and future generations, even especially with millennials. My guess is that you're probably most popular with them, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I meant what I said in terms of listening to your show. I always believe that when I'm in a profession with the same person that's on the other end of the phone, I owe it to myself and to them to listen and not only to support them, but to strengthen my show, to strengthen my abilities, and to learn more about myself and my skills. So I'm hoping that by listening and staying in communication with you, I'll be able to learn how to do some more of my things better. I'll become a stronger host, a stronger journalist, and hopefully with any luck at all, just a smarter person. And now I know how to win a beauty pageant. Just kidding, we didn't get into that, and I'm too old and ugly to do that anyway. <laughs> but what's really, really neat, and what I appreciate more than anything, is presence on my show. You are a very beautiful, positive influence on my show and I cannot thank you enough for bringing your positivity to the show as well as your presence along with all of your knowledge. I hope that we're able to align with one another whether it's in New York City or Texas. I'll get there eventually of course and certainly don't be a stranger. If you have a new project, if you have a new pitch, if you have a new anything, call me up and say hey I want to be on the show. If you see share, I think we all know what you're going to do right? I mean do I need to say oh, it? Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I need to say it right? Oh, <laughs> you're the bomb. You're awesome. With any luck at all, um, hopefully I've done you justice. If I haven't, keep going back to my show until I have. That's what I can say about that. And I will be listening in. And like I said, I'll put it up there, and hopefully with any luck at all, we can get you a huge, huge audience on Thursday. And I welcome any suggestions you have for me, and I'm just I'm very, very glad and, and flattered that you came to my program. I, I appreciate it. I'm just honored that you invited me to be a part of it because it truly has been a wonderful experience, and you do an amazing job with what you do. You truly do. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. I'm totally blushing right now, absolutely blushing. But unfortunately, now I have to ditch you to get two really cute kids from school shortly. <laughs> but I'm so glad that you took this time to do that. And please, definitely, keep me posted on your itinerary. Let me know what's going on, certainly. And anything I can help or anybody you want to interview, go through my, go through my list. And if you see anybody on there that you want to talk to, just let me know. I'd be more than happy to help. I will. Oh, you're right, wonderful. Sharon. Thank you so much. Thank you. All oh, right, honey, great. have a great day. You too, and thanks again. Take care. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. All right. Tell me that she doesn't have a radio slash TV slash I don't even know how wonderful. I don't even know words. I'm out of words, frankly. The author is out of words, probably because I've been writing all day as well. One more time, I do not want to forget to thank Rain. Rain Hirsch is her name. Again, it's R-E-Y-N-E, H-I-R-S-C-H.com. Outside the Box Media is the... uh, forum by which she operates and that's how we linked in together to of course have Sharon on my show I can't thank you enough Rain and thank you thank you thank you for facilitating this interview again her name is Sharon Melton and that's M-E-L-T-O-N her show plays on iTunes and Google Play and it's sharing the sugar with Sharon on Thursday evenings as well as Instagram Sharon Melton 1 Twitter at Sharon Melton 01 Facebook she has both a personal page as well as her um, industry page which is Sharon Melton of course website being SharonMelton.com do not want to forget to remind everybody obviously tomorrow as I started off saying 4.30 central time most of you recognize this gentleman as being a Super Bowl winner for the Indianapolis Colts but some of us now know him as actor and stage actor to be exact he is going to be premiering May 20th in a production called Safe which is the story of a very fictitious Negro baseball team. And I'm so excited that he is one of the key players in that play. We're going to be talking about the play. We're going to be talking about football. Yes, that's right, me talking about football. This will be a shock to most of you since he would be the first football player that I'm ever interviewing on my show. 
4.30 Central Standard Time. And then, of course, obviously Friday, we're having the one and only Sue Phillips coming out. We're going to be talking about perfume. And we're going to be talking about New York City people and all sorts of other things. Her actual company is called the Scentarium, and that scent is in perfume scent, S-C-E-N-T-A-R-I-U-M. I will also be posting her information up on my show page as well as my personal page. Thanks least of all, or I should, least of all. See what I mean? I'm not with it today. I don't know what the heck is going on here, but I think there's just a little too much happening all at once for being home a little too soon apparently from New York. Without a doubt, you've heard me say it 150 times, and I'll say it 151 now as of today. Without all of you listening, following, encouraging, and supporting, I would not have a show or a platform to showcase anyone. So to all of you listening in and following me, thank you so much for all of your support and for showing up today and every day. So we look forward to talking to you guys tomorrow at 4.30 Central Time. You have a great evening.